Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. You, you know, they, they do something like that, and I get all these God bumps. Woo! It's just, wow! It's, it's neat. That's neat. Um, open your Bibles, please, to uh, James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. Man, it's so nice to look outside inside and see the sunshine. And how'd you like to live in? Se- Anybody here from Seattle? Ooh. How does somebody live in? Well, I'm from Western New York. That was dark most of the time too. So, you know, um, let's all stand for the reading of God's word. What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you not, do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what, what does it profit? Thus also, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by, his, by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see, then, that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. You are a good and a gracious God. And and Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this day, that we could praise you as we have but then to open your word and to know just how precious, how precious that is in your sight. Father, let your spirit come amongst us. Um, Cover us like a blanket. Open our hearts, open our minds, and lead us in a direction that only you can lead. Because, Father, you, you are our God, and we trust you, and we give our hearts to you. And in all of this, we pray. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. You may be seated. Maybe seated. Please leave those Bibles open if you got them. Leave your apps open if you have them. You know, I, I, you know as I was writing, um, working on my sermon, um, 
something came to me, and I, I, I remembered at the time that, that the scouts were going to be here today. And, and I, started to, uh, I started to think about it, and, and, uh, and I went, wow, how appropriate that, that they're with us today. And, and um, because, folks, one more time, how many of you have been a scout? Yeah, jeez, good grief. You know, what are the scouts trying to build here? What are they, what are they actually doing? They're trying to take, and in all cases, whether it's, it's Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, but they're trying to take the, the individual, the young individual, and they're trying to, to mold them, and they're trying to shape them into um, someone who is an asset to society. Someone who is a well-rounded individual that, that will be able to go into society and be a functioning member of society. And, you know, um, hey, are there any eagles here? Do we have any eagles? That eagles yeah. Don't be shy. Don't be shy about that. You know, when you think about it, when, when you're in the scouts and, and you want to work towards being, being an eagle scout... Um, what happens when, when you reach that, that pinnacle of being an Eagle Scout? Do you just quit? Do you just quit? The day they hand you that, the, the is it a badge? You can tell I made it, didn't you? you know, when you reach that, do you say, thank you very much, I'm out of here, um, and never to be heard from again? No. That's, that's not what happens. You see, when, you, when you're in the scouts and, and you have this goal, this goal of, of working through scouts, and I hate, you know, I can't even tell you how many Eagle Scouts have come out of this troop. But, but uh, when, when they become Eagle Scouts, they don't quit. They take what they've learned and they use it for the rest of their lives. Maybe some of them even get back into scouting and they help somebody else to, to reach that, that pinnacle. They, they, uh, they help somebody else, maybe in life. Do you know how many jobs that... that um, um, there's a, it's a plus when you're going in for, for a job if, if they can look at you and they can say, this guy was an Eagle Scout. In other words, he took something seriously. He took something seriously. But the thing is, is that what they learn, they don't throw it away. They reuse it. They use it in in another... uh, 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 I know, they're an asset to society. They use that again, and they use it to help somebody else. Um, it's, It's circular. Do you see? You, You come into scouting... And, and you work, and, and you achieve. And, and once you've achieved, you come back around and you help somebody else. Even if it isn't in scouting, but you know, somewhere along the line, that scout is going to help somebody, somewhere, somehow, in their life. You see, the, the circle comes back around, and it's not a wasted endeavor. It's not. You know... God works the same way. 
You know, I was telling you earlier that we're in Genesis um, in, on the Wednesday Bible studies, whether it's the one at noon or whether it's the one in the evening. We try to keep things in the same chapters and everything, but, but we're, we're in Genesis. And, it, and if you ever think that Genesis isn't, isn't relevant to today, folks, it's totally relevant. Because Scripture in itself... Is, is circular. And, and what has happened to the nation of Israel and to how God deals with the nation of Israel and, 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 what, and how, who God is in Scripture comes back around. This does not change. It does not change. What you learn in Scripture is circular. And it's coming back. And it's coming back. If you go to look at the, at the nation of Israel as they were coming out of the land of Egypt, folks, I see the United States written all over that. I do. And who God was then is who God is today. He does not change. He doesn't change. It's circular. It's circular. And you see, what Christ has given you and what Christ has given me When we are Christians, it's not to end with us. It's circular. It's circular. When Jesus Christ comes into your heart, folks, you're an Eagle Scout. You are. And and what he does for you, his saving grace, the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that same grace is what we use when we continue on as, as Christians in our lives. It's circular. It's, it's, it's what he has done for us. We're not supposed to, to hold close to our vest. Anybody, and it's okay. Anybody play cards? <laughs> I don't want to know if you're betting on this, okay? And if you are, 10%, remember. So... <laughs> Was that good enough? That was good enough. Yeah, yeah. When you're, when you're playing cards, I love playing with the grandkids. No, I'm not playing them for money. I, um, but when you play with the grandkids, usually like Uno or something like that, you want to see my grandson get mad? Oh, jeez. And they say that I'm the one who gets mad. Uh-uh. But you know what they do with their cards? They hold them out here. And so you're sitting next to them, you go, yep. Oh, your pastor cheats. I'm sorry. You didn't, you didn't get that far. But, but they take their cards and they hold them way out here. And, and, uh, and you see, when you got a good hand, folks, you're supposed to hold it close to your vest. You're supposed to hold it in here. So the guy who cheats who's next to you, I'm giving you this information here. So when you hold it in here like this, he doesn't see what you got. He doesn't see how many draw fours you got. You see? But you hold it close to your vest. And you see, that's what a lot of Christians do with, with their Christianity, with what Jesus Christ has given them. They, they take Christ and they hold him close to their vest. I, I've heard many a people um, say, well, my, my, faith, uh, my, my faith is personal. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not at all a personal or a private thing. It is not private. Flip over in your Bibles to uh, Matthew 
Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you, the Gospels are so full of, of so many things that Jesus talks to us about our relationship with him. And I'm the first one to say that, that, that Jesus Christ, you know, uh, the, the, the Gospels were written to the Jews, but, oh man, you know, uh, folks, this, this looks right at us. This looks at us right between the eyes. And this is all about our relationship with Christ. And so in, in 32, yeah. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me, before men. Him I will also deny before my Father who is in, in heaven. That's written, that's written right at us. That, that's, that's hitting us right, right between the eye. But does this mean that if you're a shy individual that you're in trouble? No. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with being shy. You're shy. You're in trouble. No. It means that if you have Christ in your life, what it means. If Jesus Christ is alive in your life, you can't hold him close to your vest. You can't hold this here. I can't shut up about Jesus. I can't do it. It shows in my life. It has to show in your life. It has to. If, folks, you have something in your life if you've got Jesus Christ in your life, you've got something to celebrate. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when I was dancing, doing the two-step? You've got Jesus in your life. You've got something. Good grief. You've got something to celebrate. And so, and so let Jesus Christ in your life motivate, motivate your life. That's, that's really what it takes. You see, that is what James is talking about here. This is what he is, he is speaking. Some people think when they read James that, that it says that their people are saved by their works. And it does not say that. It, not, not even close. Not even close. It means that your works are a sign of your salvation. I dance... He didn't give me rhythm. <laughs> he just didn't. I, there's, no, there's not any rhythm in my body, so I'm not going to dance. But, but he makes me want to dance. Is it because I dance that, I, that, I'm, that I'm saved? No, I, I don't know. I, I, I dance. Yeah, I dance because I'm saved. I'm dance. I dance because Jesus is in my life. Dancing doesn't put Jesus in my life. Dancing says Jesus is in my life. What I do says that, that Jesus is in my life. Faith, and, and so what it's saying is that, he says, faith without works is dead. Look back at 14 um, in what I read before. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? 
Thus, also, faith by itself does not have faith. Well, sorry, faith by itself. One little word. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You know, folks, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is is that there is belief and there is belief. There is belief and there is biblical belief. You see, there's a difference. A biblical belief. That's a, a biblical belief means that, that you take the Christ in your life and, and it's, it's from deep down in your soul and it creates in you a desire to do works. To do works. It's a biblical belief. It, it means, when it, when it says faith without works, what does it mean? It, it means that the faith does not exist. That's the difference. To say it means that you show it. It's, it's the old saying of saying, hey, put your money where your mouth is. Is what it really is, is what it is actually saying. It says that, that their faith without the works is dead. It doesn't exist. And when something is dead, folks, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We seem to put such an emphasis on, on belief. And, and I believe me, I, I understand that. I understand. We're, we're working against all odds in, in the world today, and we just say, well, if you would just, just believe in Jesus, you would be saved. But you see, folks, what all of this means is that there needs to be a change. Jesus Christ has to come into your life, and he has to make a change in your life. And if he doesn't make the change in your life, I'd worry. I'd worry. Because it just makes you want to. And no, you don't have to dance. But when you have Jesus in your life, something, something has got to give. We put such an emphasis on, on the belief alone. We leave out the transformation. We, we, we leave out that, that one, that's a big word, but transformation. Something has to change. That's why, they, like I was saying last week, there has to be a new birth. You're born again. You're born again. There's something. Something changes in here. Um, look back at verse 19, where it says, You believe that there is one God, and you do well. You do well. Folks, even the demons believe. Even the demons believe. And they tremble. They tremble. You know, I, I'm, I'm amazed how many times Jesus would come up to, to someone in, in the gospel, someone who is demon-possessed, and I'll tell you what, the first thing that demon does is cry out to Jesus because they know that he is the Son of God. They believe it, and when they believe it, they tremble. They tremble. I remember the ones where, where he was, the, the man who was running through the tombs, he, he, was, he was just crazy. He was, he was so possessed. And Jesus came to him, and, and, and the demons are the ones that, that came, and, and they said, please, 
David, son of God, cast us into the pigs, will you? They knew. They knew. They know who Jesus was. There was no doubt. And, and yet we can say, many Christians will say, yeah, I know Jesus, but there's no change. There's no transformation in this. With Christ in your life, there has to be, there has to be a change. Guys, you can't hold Jesus close to your vest. You can't do it. And when that change happens, folks, things start to happen. Work starts to happen. And you can't control yourself. And, I, you know, the change that Christ brings to your life, he brings to his church. He does. This is, uh, this is the fourth week that I have been preaching on our, on our goals. The 7,700, 7,000. It's, and, you know, I am amazed at what I'm seeing. I am amazed of, of, of watching the people wanting to get involved because we offer the places for them to go. I am especially amazed at those who are already doing things and, and already have a place to, to, to take their time, to spend their time, to make a difference, all in the name of, of Jesus Christ. I, I am just, I'm overwhelmed by this. But you see, as we continue on, um, folks, this doesn't stop after four weeks. It goes on, and it, and it goes on. And as the goals become part of all that we do, I want you to understand what this really looks like. I want you to understand, rather than, we didn't do it any other way. We did it in a straight line here, and we did it a straight line there, you know, straight line down the shirt. But that's really not what it looks like. That's, that's, not, that's not what it looks like. Rather than being in a straight line, these numbers should be in a circle. They should be in a circle. Because you take a, a congregation of people that, that are wanting to reach out and they start adding to that 7,000. They start adding to the 7,000. And, and people start, all of a sudden, will start showing up at, at church. Visitors start coming to church. And, and those um, are, are normal, are normal, <laughs> are any of us normal, are a regular congregation, those who have been here along, all of a sudden realize that, that we have friends and that we have family. And you know something? They don't go to church. In fact, I don't think, I don't think they know Jesus. And they start coming. And you know, and then, and then that, that 700 starts, starts growing and the 70 comes and we start getting people committed. Oh boy, I better finish that sentence. Um, committed to Christ. Committed to Christ. And it starts all over again. Do you see? It's circular. This isn't a straight line. It doesn't end after a few weeks. It continues it continues to grow. I, I don't, you know, this is a year-long goal, but guess what? It's a goal for the rest of our lives. It really is. And it just continues on, and, and it continues on. And this goal will never end. It started by you. You know, do you get the idea of the wedding ring? Ooh, 
I've put some weight on. <laughs> you get the idea of the wedding ring? What the, what the purpose is on that? It represents the love of Christ in your life. It has, it has no beginning. It has no end. It's circular. Okay? That's, that's where that comes from. That's why it's, this should be circular, although we do have a beginning. We do have a beginning when we said these are the goals that we're going to have here at Trinity, but it has no end. It, has, it just has no end. And, and as you, as a congregation, can start this, and you have started this, it's not you that has to finish it. Because if we do our job and we get this started and we get this thing rolling, and that's really, it rolls, and it rolls, and it rolls. And, and more people get, get involved in this. Those that we bring in reach out to the community, become committed, and it all starts all over again. Do you see? That's how it works. That's how it works. You see, but it, it can't happen with, without your involvement. And I, I'm, I'm looking right at you. It doesn't happen without your involvement. Now, folks... I know that there are some of you who feel that you're not able to do this. Maybe, maybe age or maybe, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. But I, I want to I tell you something. You can help. And, and seeing that the scouts were here and when he was speaking about this morning about, about the, um, the Cherokee um, story, sorry, it reminded me of something. And I almost jumped up and wrote it down so I would remember, and I said, no, nah, don't do that. If God wants you to say it, you'll remember it when it's time, and I remember it. And so the story I have is also Indian, and it is about two pots. And, and the, the people used to load the two pots on their shoulder, and they would walk down to the river, and they would fill them full of water, and they would carry them back up to the village. Well, one of the pots was cracked. And, and so, um, although pots don't talk, they do in this story, and where the one pot was saying, I really have to be replaced because... My, I'm cracked, and I leak. And, and the owner of those pots said, Hey, you might be cracked, and you might leak, but look at the path where we go down to the river. And the path was covered with flowers because it was watered every time they brought water up from the river. You see... Everybody, everybody has, has a purpose. Everybody has something that they can do. You see, there's nothing that... There, we don't come to a point in our lives where God doesn't use us. That doesn't happen. It, it, um, churches today... Um, I'll call it the emerging churches today, are, are work on the idea of separation. Um, young, you go to that one. Old, you go to that one. And it's not right. It is not right. 
It is not biblical in the first place. Look over in your Bibles to Titus. Titus chapter 2. Where it says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in, in behavior, um, not slanderous, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, and that the word of God may not be blasphemed, Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility. Folks, um, what, what this is saying is that there's some tutoring. It, it says that everyone is needed. We are not complete if we have a totally young congregation, and we're definitely not complete if we have totally an older congregation. We're not. Because the two are supposed to be able to work together. It's, it's scriptural, folks. And this idea of church is going in one direction and, and, you know, it is not right. It is not what God intended. Because it says this because everybody has value. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if Christ is in your heart, he's, he don't let you go. He makes you dance, and I don't care how old you are, you're going to dance. You're going to dance. And, and, and you can teach the younger ones to dance. Well, maybe not. But, you know, you get the idea here. You get the idea. Folks, if you're not physically um, able to, to reach out into this community, here's what you can do. You can encourage those that do. You can. You can take young underneath your arm and, 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 and tutor them and encourage them and, and to be the grandparent maybe that, that so many don't have. But it's all It's all together. It's all together. You have the same heart for Jesus Christ as the young kids do, and you've got experience to boot. You see, we need, we need each other. We need this to be a community. You see, what God is calling us here to do at Trinity is, is, is not an easy thing. In fact, it's kind of, it can be kind of difficult but we need everyone. We need everyone to be involved. We need everyone to be involved. Um, you know, most of you know, that, that um, I first came to Trinity, although I've only been a pastor here for um, three and a half years, but I tended here for years before that, before being called into ministry. When, when that building there was the only church, the annex, that's where we started. And when we showed up here, 
um, they had already built the, the uh, education building and the parsonage was, was already here. And in fact, then, then we built um, the fellowship hall, which used to be the sanctuary. I, I ran wire and, and installed equipment in there for the fire system and the Berg system and all that. And then, and then this one was built. This one was built. And, and then we had a bigger fellowship hall and we have a place for God to fill. Guys, Trinity has had quite a few building projects. Quite a few building projects. But this will be the first one that is going to build, to help build the kingdom of God. Big difference. Big difference. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. You are such a good and a gracious God. And Lord, I know that, that you have a plan and you have laid that plan out before us. And, and it, just, it might be just a row of numbers, but I know, I know that that's not what it's really about. It's about a church that comes together, that works together, and, and that our main purpose is to build the kingdom of God and that we'll touch hearts and we'll touch lives and we'll each do it in, in our own way. But Father, to have people come to you, to know you, to love you, to have you in our hearts, to dance because we have Jesus. Father, how does it get any better than that? Father, we just ask your blessings upon each and every one that's here. Um, touch hearts as only you can. Give us those, those marching orders as, as only you can. And Father, through it all, the kingdom will be built and, and lives will be changed. Hearts will be won and you as our God will be glorified. And in all of that, I pray in the most precious name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.